You're listening to Women's Cricket Chat with Hannah and Alex. Coming up on today's podcast, we've got former Scotland international and former Leicestershire men's player Rob Taylor. Now, if you don't know who Rob is, Rob was coach of the Lightning side during the KSL days and has continued in his coaching role as head coach of the East Midlands side Lightning. Now, Rob sat down with Hannah and I to talk all things Lightning cricket, domestic cricket and what it's like to be a coach in the women's game. Well, let's get this moving. So, Rob, first question is simply just introduce yourself in your own words. Uh, hi, I'm Rob Taylor. I'm the head coach of Lightning Cricket um, and I live in Rutland, little old county of Rutland. That's the tiniest county in the UK, right? I think so. Yeah, I used to be the only county without a McDonald's until about six months ago. And how have you found that? The McDonald's. I've seen a few tweets or something about McDonald's in Rutland or Oakham yeah. or wherever you're based. I think, to be fair, it's, it was the second biggest news story after coronavirus in Rutland. So and it doesn't help. It's about a minute from my house as well. So it's... um. Yeah, I resisted for quite a long time, but I've been there a couple of times recently. So you have been badgering us a little bit because you are our first man on this podcast. How does it feel to have that pressure to be representing all men at this time? Oh, I don't think it's pressure. It's more of more of an honour. I think, you know, you guys are obviously doing a, an excellent thing with, with your podcast and chatting about women's cricket. And yeah, I think, you know, to be the first guy on, it's, it's great to kind of lead the way for the guys. And um, I know you've had some decent females on as well before. So um, yeah, hopefully I can bring a a man's perspective to to this women's cricket. I do have to correct Hannah Slee. You are the first male interviewee, but you're not technically the first male on the podcast. Nick Friend gets that title because Nick Friend is our first male voice, interviewing-wise, but Rob is our first male interviewee. I know, you're the first male interviewee, so tell us about your male perspective on the women's game. I think the women's the women's game at the minute is a very exciting place to be. I think probably you look at you look at female coaches, you look at the number of male coaches in the game. I think it's still it's still a high number of male coaches in the game, and it's it's certainly something that's on its way to to changing. And I think for for one thing I found working within the women's game, it's you know there is no difference between whether you're coaching male or female in terms of how you you know the the kind of approach that I'm taking to coaching the girls is very much let's make you as good as possible within the game that you're going to play, and that's. You know that would be the same if I was coaching men or men or women, and that you know you obviously have your your differences within the games and slightly less pace in the women's game. But for me, you're still working hard to to improve those players and get them to be the best they can be and compete at the at the level that they are competing at, and and hopefully go up the pathway for us. So I honestly, like, I absolutely, I absolutely love it. It's really cool. You you know obviously where we are based at on on campus at Loughborough, it's you know it's an excellent place to be with the amount of high quality individuals that you cross paths with and that's you know from a playing point of view but also other coaches dotted around on campus you know crossing paths with Lisa Kitely and you know just think of things like that that you go actually there's a high profile female coach within the women's game and and I think like I was saying a minute ago I think that will that number of female coaches will get more and more in the game with more opportunities that are coming up and it's for me it's got to go that way for me it can't it can't be you know, coaches within the women's game can't be full of ex-pros or guys who have worked their way up the coaching badges. It's You've got to get that representation of, of the female players in there. And you see that now with, you know, the likes of Laura Marsh and Sarah Taylor who have, have gone on, you know, finished playing international cricket and now gone on to do their coaching badges. And same with Lid as well. You know, there's there's more role models out there for, 
for young aspiring female coaches and we talk a lot about aspiring role models for female players but actually not everyone's going to go on and be a top cricketer but you might find a top coach in there or a top umpire so for me it's you know obviously love being in that environment of the work I'm doing and it's it's great to see that even at Lightning we've got female coaches coming through our pathway on our academy and um, and for me that's yeah that's got to continue. Just on your coaching, was coaching something that you wanted to do and how did you get into coaching? So for me, kind of coaching was a bit of a, I'm finishing playing at Leicestershire, I'm finishing with Scotland, what shall I do next? I quite enjoy wearing a tracksuit. I like wearing, working with people, I like being outside. You know, coaching for me was kind of that first step. I think one thing I didn't do when I was playing was probably tap into the support that the PCA gave us where, you know, you could go and they would sort out work experience and they'd go and help you out with, with kind of CPD stuff. So coaching was kind of the first thing that, that I, I tapped into and, and absolutely loved it. Did a bit of work with the uh, Pathways at Leicestershire on the men's programme. And then, you know, talking about quality female coaches, I got on the phone to Sal Briggs and was like, any chance I can come in and do a couple of nights a week and just get some experience. And that's that's kind of how it snowballed, really. So back end of 2016 onwards, that was, that's been me. So, yeah, working through my level four at the moment. And that's kind of the big project at the minute. So yeah, so it was kind of, I'm going to go into coaching and we'll see how we go. And, you know, fortunately for me, I've found myself in some good positions where I've been able to work with really good players in good environments. So it's kind of been what I've cemented myself into. And talking about Sal Briggs, so obviously going back to the KSL days, is that how you got involved with the KSL back in 2016? Yeah, so it was Loughborough Lightning and the Loughborough MCCU were, were really closely linked at that time. And... I was leading the fast bowling program on the MCCU, both men's and women's programs. And the Super League had had its first year in 2016, I think it was. Yeah. So I wasn't involved in that year. And then it just kind of transpired that as we got towards the summer and we got through the university comp and Bucks finished and we were on the road, I think, to Durham for an away game for Bucks. And Sal and I were sat on the coach together and she was like, what, what would your thoughts be on if we, you know, got you a role in the summer in the Super League? And I was like, obviously, yeah, I'm all over it kind of thing. So so then my role slightly changed a little bit and I, I headed up the fielding side of things and Matthew Hoggard came in to look after the fast bowling stuff. So, you know, we had a really, really cool group there and John Bateson was our analyst at the time and he's obviously now working with us in Lightning Cricket again. So, yeah, so that's how, how I kind of got involved in it and did a did a summer of that as assistant coach and then Sal made the move to Taz and I was in a position to kind of take the range from there, really. I love how you just subtly drop, oh, yeah, so Matthew Hoggard and... <laughs> That's Loughborough though, you know that, you know, <laughs> at the time being around Loughborough, it's just people everywhere, big names everywhere. When I joined you in 2018, I was like, wait, Matthew Hoggart? Because I didn't realise, because I, d- I don't know, I haven't seen much news around him joining as like a bowling coach or whatever. And I remember being like, wait, what's he doing here? And it was so amazing to see that and that relationship with the girls, because yes, we do want more female coaches, but we do want the men too. It's not like a either or, it's the best of both, isn't it? So... How valuable were those people in the development of the Loughborough Lightning KSL side? Yeah, massively. I mean, I, I learned so much off both those both those guys. You know, Hoggy from a pure someone who just talks so passionately about fast bowling. Like that was that was amazing to see how he went about his work with with the girls and you know really different personalities as well because he's he's very you know he's he's very out there in terms of how he speaks speaks really passionately. Really good energy around the group. I'm sort of a little bit more kind of just calm and steady and you know just just keep ticking along at one level and then you know Sal in terms of how how she commanded respect of the group and had relationships with the girls and stuff that was you know for me heading into you know a women's sporting environment for you know early on in my coaching career that was massive to to be able to see her work and and then when she did move on you know bits and pieces that I could try and try and bring into 
into how I work with the group as well, with while also trying to put my own spin on it. So it was a really cool, yeah, it was a really cool environment to be a part of. You know, that was the Super League was a real short, sharp competition. Then I think it was only five games. It was almost over before you knew it. So yeah, it was a case of, of trying to learn as much as possible as quickly as possible. And also in regards to your coaching, you said you've been a fielding coach and a different coach. Do you think that's helped you become a better coach now in comparison to before? Yeah, I would say I would say it has a one. The one thing I would say probably about my coaching is you know I've I've only been doing it for nearly five years now. Like that's that's not a, that's not a very long time. But I've been in excellent environments where I can learn loads, and that I think that's the key is is I still appreciate those areas that I need to I need to work on. So you know, as a player, I was played a lot of short format cricket and with both bat and ball, and and was okay in the field. So you know, I kind of feel like I can cover a few areas, but then. Like I mentioned earlier, the level four, that that's one area where I can go on into another level with those disciplines. So I'm going to focus on fast bowling and batting. I can hopefully take that with deeper understanding on on those areas because for fast bowling, you know, I feel like there's still a lot that I can learn on on that discipline, both, you know, in the men's game and in the women's game. That's that's one of the really exciting things at the minute is there's very little research on female fast bowlers, but it's all about to happen. So, you know, that is super cool because up until now we've kind of gone, well, there's a few things we know about the differences in terms of how females move compared to men and, you know, speed through run-ups and, and the speed that they hit the crease and stability and, and strength around those areas. But it's not tried and tested yet. And, and that's what's so exciting about being involved in it at the minute is I've got this knowledge or, you know, base knowledge of, of fast bowling, but it, there's the opportunity for it to get a whole lot deeper in the next kind of 12, two years. Uh, 12 months two years so that's for me it's it's about continuing to develop as a coach to to understand where you're at what knowledge you've got and then how much can you add to to that because I, I think you know you you'd be a, pr- a pretty naive coach to go in and go yeah I've got all, all bases covered and and I know everything so yeah so I think you know you've got to take those opportunities when you get them and those experiences and when you're around good people learn as much off them as you can and thinking about obviously like research so what other parts of research would you want to see because it is lacking within cricket especially in terms of like you said fast bowlers but perhaps also injury concussion it is a little bit behind like generally in sports science it is largely about men in sport rather than women's bodies so what would you be calling for at the moment funny you mentioned concussion because that's been a that's been a problem of ours this winter yeah you know concussion concussion is is going to be a huge thing for us you know chatting we've, we've obviously had a couple of instances this winter where we've had girls pick up concussions and you've seen some players out for a long period of time you've you've seen some players turn around and ready to go again in two and a half weeks and you're going well what's you know where's the logic here how someone give us a reason as to why someone you know two people can take such a long you know a big difference in time to get fit again so that would be one I think you know we're seeing we're seeing more and more people get hit now just I think you know batters are getting more expansive with their game and 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 the girls that we're working with are getting more confident in getting down to ramp seamers and you know actually put their head in put their head in the way which I would say probably two years ago that was an area of the game that probably lacking a little bit at the domestic level but now it's it's something that players have identified we need to be able to access around the ground both back over the bowler but also behind us so we've you know with players essentially opening up those areas of the games one they put themselves in the firing line a little bit more but also keepers as well girls you know our keepers stand up to pretty much everyone and you know we're working with Abby Freeborn at the minute who's going to be at the Trent Rockets and she's like I need to be able to stand up to Nat Siver and Catherine Brunt and we're going okay perfect you know 
we can we can work on that but what it does do is it opens her up if if she's happy to stand up to them then a batter's probably happy to look at ramping them which means she's in the firing line so for me the the concussion and the recovery of players is is going to be massive but it's exciting when when players open up new areas of their game that's exciting but it obviously comes with a little bit of trial and error and I think we've certainly seen that this winter if we encourage girls to you know express themselves and learn new areas of their game and continue to improve and make sure they come into this year with a, a new part of their game that people may not have seen before but it does come with with its risks, risks naturally when you're trying something new so yeah I'd, I'd say that the concussion area is going to be a huge one but yeah, just deeper knowledge of fast bowling. You know, if, if we can if we can have a, a, a much deeper knowledge of what makes female fast bowlers bowl quickly and bowl safely, like that, that's huge because we may not, you know, probably not going to hit the 90 mile an hour, but can we have a female version where we're going to care, right? And Izzy Wong, for example, how can she get as, as fit and strong to bowl as quickly as possible and, and not, you know, or reduce her risk of picking up injuries? Exciting stuff like that with a deeper knowledge, I think helps those players. It's learning how to um, control it as well, isn't it? It's not just bowl fast, it's bowl fast and with control. Yeah, definitely. I, th- I think one of the other big developments that I've seen is batters are getting more comfortable with pace because they see it as a chance that if there's more pace on the ball, that's actually a good thing in the women's game because previously the game has been dominated by spin and medium pace bowlers, keeper up, wicket to wicket, ring field, hard to hit boundaries. And actually, you know, you talk to some of you talk to some of the girls and they're like, yeah, a bit of pace on the ball. I love that because I can throw my hands through it. And we're now playing on better wickets where you can trust that the ball's going to come on. And, and actually you suddenly go, well, someone who was, you know, three, four years ago, someone bowling 60 miles an hour was probably a little, you know, fairly quick for someone or for, for some players. Whereas now those players are going, cool, bit of pace. I can score off that. And I, and I think you're now going that threshold of a, of a Catherine Brunt in her prime is the Catherine Brunt now if you were to have a, a young Catherine Brunt now, probably needs another three miles an hour on her to be that, oh my God, it's super quick and, and aggressive. Um, so, you know, that just shows where the game's going. There's so much more support, especially with the regional structure in terms of players getting all-round support to make sure that they're, you know, they're strong and they're fit. And, and naturally that has brought, you know, you've got a, a crop of young, exciting, fast bowlers within the UK and it's just making sure they, they are fit and they are able to bowl as quickly as possible in the right way and coached in the right way and that you know that's that's what's exciting because you just want to you know we want to see people just keep pushing the bar even you know two miles an hour in in fast bowling women's cricket is is massive so yeah so I think you know we've obviously got to get that right and that's you know that's exciting you get fast bowlers who bowl quick that's what we want. And you touched on it there as well about managing players so as a coach how important is it to be able to manage players their workloads and protect them as well from the risk of injury and I guess this professional structure as you touched on there as well is enabling that a bit more like I guess for you as a coach you have to think a bit harder of right I haven't got these players just for like a six-week tournament it's all year round how can I manage these players to bring out the best in them yeah absolutely that's you know that's a, a huge part of it managing players workloads managing players in general you know it's if we're not just talking about workloads we're just talking about everything about managing managing young women you know that that's that is one of the things that we're obviously we're dealing with every single day with from a workload's point of view you know we we run a a spreadsheet with some formulas on it that we've brought over from again from the men's game because that's all that's available so you know we're running our fast bowling and and workloads with spinners as well off off that which which so far touchwood has served us well but it's yeah you know building players for for a 12-month program i 
I think is more is obviously more beneficial in the long run and actually safer because you've got the time to spend with those players to go right we can get the foundations in into you so you know obviously coming off the back of last summer it was players have done absolutely nothing or or all home-based stuff into a four-week build-up suddenly you're playing a competition and it was no surprise by the end of that comp we had a whole load of people who had niggles and couple with longer-term injuries and stuff and you're going well we've now got a block of time knowing that we weren't going to start till back end of May we're like we've now got a block of time where we don't need to be hitting balls for the next six seven weeks let's give them some rest time get them in the gym get some strong foundations and then we'll get back to hitting balls because that was there was one thing we learned from last summer was although people hadn't done much from a cricket point of view they actually came back in really good form and it's kind of dispelled that myth of right you've got to hit you know loads of balls to be ready it was very much no get your basics right get your confidence by getting what you need out of training and then going back it and playing a game so that allowed us to kind of shape our winter a little bit in terms of not rushing people back into the nets um, and allowing them to get those those foundations and those basics in to make sure they're strong because we're we're now having to prep players for a six month summer that's never that's never happened before unless you're part of the England program so you know there's there's been all sorts of considerations that we've had to had to do and I think you know it's obviously a massive bonus that we can go we can prep these players for six months with the whole winter and spend time with them and individualized plans and making sure that everyone gets what they need not just right we're in for a short competition we've got a short period of time building out away you go so that's a that's a huge change because super league wise we used to have like maximum of two weeks for players before the comp started you know and you're going well <laughs> it was hard to you know really make massive developments with with players there and you know that's where we were fortunate that we had a good number of uni students within the program who we'd worked with previously so yeah it's, it's I think it's it's a massive benefit being a year-round program now. And earlier you mentioned Abby Freeborn wanting to work on and improve her keeping who are the players that have impressed you in training so far and who are the ones we should be looking out for? Good question um I won't name all 15 but you know I think I think what's one thing I will say that's exciting about our squad is we've we've got players who we've got a real real wide range of players across our squad so we've we've got people who I truly believe that if we pick someone in a certain role they'll be able to win a game and that that's a massive thing that that I've been saying to the girls this year is you know players will get opportunity because of how the summer is planned out you know there is there's a lot of cricket going on and players will get opportunity and they might you know there's obviously going to be players who don't get it in that first week uh, or first couple of weeks with with those with the first few rounds coming up but there'll be opportunity through the summer and and that's exciting you know that's exciting is is we now need a we now need a, a strong squad who can who can win games for us um, and everyone believing that they can come in and do a job for the team. So obviously like over this winter, we've recruited a couple of players. So Sonia Odedra's come in. Um, she brings loads of experience and an excellent skill set of both bat and ball. So she's she's really exciting to to come in and play that role for us. And as a senior player, and you obviously you couple that with with your Bryce's, they're obviously, just, you know, probably the two names that are most well known within our group. But yeah, you know, I, I literally, I could, I could reel off the whole squad and say this person is going to do something, you know, something to win a game for us at some point in this season. But I think, yeah, that you know, those three girls are, are pretty exciting. And, and Michaela Kirk is probably the most unknown player within the group. She's come over from Safka and, you know, fair play to her. She's been with, with us for a couple of months now and is getting, getting stuck in and, and putting her hand up with a couple of performances for knots and in our inter-squad practices and stuff. So, you know, there's, there's, we've got some really tough decisions to make you know that's, that's what part of the territory comes with it and, and that's you know I'd rather be in that situation than 
sitting here going, right, let's, we've got nine players and let's pick our two best fielders, <laughs> you know, on top of that, which, you know, if we're honest, sometimes in the Super League, that's that's kind of how your selection went was a bulk of the work will get done by your top players and then just pick your best fielders. And that's, you know, now we've, yeah, we've got some tough decisions where we're going to leave, have to leave players out who may be in good form uh, because someone else is in slightly better form. And that's, that's where we want it to go. Like we, we want that. We want that competition and that pressure for places within the women's game. That that's only good for it, and that's part of you know part of the journey this year is especially with the counties. We're going for the first time. We're going to have to have contract renewal conversations with players. But yet again, the, the domestic girls have never had that before unless they've been involved in an England setup. So the the game is moving forward. The game is going to be exciting. I think like this summer's this summer's going to be absolutely huge. And obviously, the Rachel Hayhoe Flint Trophy last year perhaps didn't go to plan as you would have liked. How valuable do you think it is to have someone like Sonia Adedra and even Michaela Kirk come into the side and help with that experience where perhaps at times last season with the young team that you had, they weren't quite sure how to deal with the pressure moments? I think that, you know, those two will be huge. Like, you know, the, the two players who have come in with you know, Sonia's obviously got her experience. Mikaela's got experience in South Africa as well. Like that was one area we identified last summer where we probably didn't we didn't perform as well as we could do in you know through the middle order in games. And and you know, the, to be fair to the girls who who played those roles, they they've put their hands up and said, yeah, you know, we could have done more there. And and we you know they've been working really hard to to rectify that and come back so that they they are co- confident in those roles. And part of it's coming down to winning games. You know, or having sorry having. The experience of winning games and winning tough games like sometimes just finding a way to just get over the line and and for us you know we had a we had a strong top four last year and and I think then you know you add Sonia and, and Michaela into that into that mix there plus you know even someone like Sachi Pai has come in and put in some really good performances in counter cricket and played situations really well in our into squad games as well so you're going okay right well here's we've got a bit of a battle here for who's going to fill those spots so that's you know that's I'd say that'd be that'd be one area where yeah obviously you look at the games last year where we didn't get over the line it was a case other than the game against Thunder at, at Liverpool it was a you know it was a case of a few runs you know it wasn't like we got wiped off the field and that's where that's where I'm super excited about this summer is because we got really close to you know winning five out of six games and ended up winning two out of six so and, and it that shows that we got a good base of players within our group and a good base to work on and we've added to that with experience and and everyone's improved again so I've got I've got massive hopes for for us this summer you know the group the group's been in a really good place we've got a, a good friendly against Sparks which which we won comfortably which was really nice to kind of set a bit of a benchmark there of of how we can perform when we play well and you know before the comp starts we've had you know two more friendlies so it's yeah, that's you know we're in a, we're in a good spot. We we need to like I say we need to make sure we get our combinations right through that middle order and pick the players that we think are going to win us the game in in those situations. And just if you're allowed to comment on Michaela, I'm not too sure what the situation is with her story. So like, what? How did that come around? And is she eligible to also play for England or? Yeah, so so Michaela's got a, a British passport, so she's she's signed as a local. She's playing in the hundred as a local. She's she's very much made the decision that for her, you know, she, she sees herself being in the UK for for a period of time now, which is great. And she's she's been staying with her grandparents who live up live over here as well. So, you know, she's yeah, she's got strong links to strong links to the UK through through her family and stuff. So yeah, she's she's going to be around for a while. 
which is which is exciting you know she's she's made that decision i'm gonna come over i want to you know she wants to see how far she can go from a cricket point of view and get herself set up with we're just working through a little bit of stuff whether she could potentially join the university and get some study while she's here because she'd started a degree in South Africa and she wants to get involved in some coaching as well. So, you know, talk about players wanting to develop and, and get better. There's, you know, there's another example of someone who's, I want to play cricket. I want to get some off-field stuff lined up as well and get into coaching, you know, open up our options and see where, where it can take her. That's so good to hear as well because I guess it just shows the value of this competition now, of these structures having these regional hubs is now getting that attention from further afield as well. So I guess in year two of the structure now, but it's really the proper, it's the first proper year, isn't it? It's not really year two, it's the first proper year. It just shows how far we're going so rapidly, as you've already touched on. But thinking about that university setting as well, like how important is it now to try and shift that identity away from Loughborough Lightning, which people still talk about. And it's not just Loughborough Lightning, it's like people keep saying Surrey Stars instead of Southeast Stars and uh, Lancashire Funder instead of uh, yeah. Northwest Funder. So there's still this identity bit needed, isn't there? So what are you doing to try and combat that to make people realise it's not Loughborough University, it is the East Midlands? Yeah, it's it's a really good point. And it's, you know, I suppose because we, we are based at Loughborough, I think it's it's going to be slightly harder for us to shift shift that identity a little bit. But yeah, you know, I think actually, do you know what? It's, it's funny, all the, all the teams who still get referred, like, Lang, you know, people still referring to Thunder as Lang's Thunder and stuff. It, it shows how strong the Super League was. It shows how strong the identity with those teams was, which was great for a competition that only went for four years. But equally, it shows that the energy and the enthusiasm for women's cricket at the domestic level is there. And that's really positive for the Hey Ho Flint and for the new domestic structure. Yeah, for, for us, it's, you know, we, we're going out around the counties and we're going to, so we've got games at Trent Bridge, we're playing at Grace Road, playing at Kibworth Cricket Club, we're going up to Derby. We're, we're really trying to, you know, shift away, I suppose, from our Lightning are playing ISU. Well, they'll be playing on Hazelgrove at Loughborough. You know, we're, we're trying to shift away from that. Yes, we want to have a base where we can call home and, and that is the university campus at the minute but you know we we are trying to make sure you know working with the counties that people see us as as the East Midlands and you know last year was a very quick get the team together and off we go and then this year is still there's elements that you know if we look again at the end of this year we might be okay well we might need to do this differently next year to change that identity and you know little things like you look at it our kit for example still looks like very like much like Loughborough Lightning's kit and you know Part of that is being based at the university as a home campus and, and or as a home base and that sort of thing. But you know, there's a piece there that potentially we could go right. Actually, let's let's shake things up a bit. Let's let's get a, maybe from a playing kit point of view, can we get away from you know a bit of purple and maybe go to something different? But you know, there are things there are things to work on. And I think one of the biggest things that we did and and I think is the most exciting for growing cricket in the East Midlands because that's obviously that's part of what we're going what we have to do and what we want to do make East Midlands cricket as strong as possible was we had we had our well the majority of our senior squad girls playing within the counties so you know with it going regional in terms of county cricket this summer in the T20 comp that presented a really good opportunity where you know not still dominated the region because they've got a number of high quality players in there involved in our setup but you know the likes of Jody Cook in there as well you know they're a really high quality team but actually it allowed us to say to Leicestershire, Lincolnshire um, and Derbyshire well we can boost the quality of your squads with a few players here and it created a much better competition and you actually had some you know you had some really good games or tight games of cricket that again have for us have prepared the girls for the summer and have got our girls outside their comfort zone a little bit and into a new environment and working with new players and and I 
you know, understanding that for them now, it's it's about developing themselves to be the best players they can be, but also it's about developing the region. And, and that's the responsibility that with the game going professional, there's that responsibility of those players to go, I'm a professional player for Lightning Cricket in the East Midlands. There are four counties within this region that we need to make sure are getting better at cricket as well to help us. And that's that's one of the big pieces for us is trying to trying to make cricket as strong as possible, getting to those counties, making our players visible, making our players visible within the region. Like that's that's huge for us. But this year was first year of doing it and we still got, you know, we still got a little bit of work work to go. But yeah, it's we've screenshotted a few articles which are still going love for lightning and everything and you know you think right it's, it's going to be tough to shift that identity but I don't think we're the only ones. With regards to this summer the Rachel Hayhoe Flint Trophy has changed from being in two separate groups into now everyone plays each other. How are you going to prepare for that in comparison to last year and do you think this is a better format because Sometimes when they're in groups, you don't tend to play teams, say, because you were in the North route last year, you wouldn't have played maybe someone like the Vipers in quarters or the semi. So do you think this format is better? Yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan of this format. I, I think if you when you've only got eight teams in a competition, you need to be playing everyone. I think it gives it gives a fair representation of actually where the teams are across the country. And the issue with... You know, last year was very much, obviously, we had a short turnaround time. It wasn't, we weren't able to play a full comp. But, you know, this year you've got the, the 50 over comp where we're playing everyone. And, and like, that is that is awesome. And then you play everyone twice or you play your group twice in the T20 comp. So it's it's more cricket against opposition we haven't played against. And actually for us, you know, you look at, you look at where we finished last year and you go, oh, I didn't have a great season. But actually, I think, I couldn't think of a better team to start against than the Vipers. Like no one will be expecting anything from us in that game. You know, finished bottom of our group last year, going to play the champions first game. We'll bring it on kind of thing. You know, that's that's awesome. Going down to their place to play the champions first up. I think that's great because that gives us a massive, massive opportunity to, you know, set our stall out in terms of where we're going to be this summer. And and if we were still in two groups, you know, we might not come up against the Vipers at all. You know, there's still teams in the comp we haven't played. So so that'll be interesting, you know. Obviously, didn't play any of the South group last year. So that will be, you know, for us to get the opportunity to play everyone, I think is is a much better format. And playing two formats as well, you know, both T20 and 50 over, you'll see, you'll see different players coming their own in, in different formats. And that that's great because not everyone's suited to just T20 or just 50 over. So that'll be, you know, that'll be exciting for us. We've got, we've got players who will play different roles in, in both formats. And that's, you know... For me, that's what we want. Like I was saying earlier, we want more cricket for the girls at a competitive level where they can express themselves. And this gives us that. One of the questions I wanted to ask is, obviously you're like Loughborough through and through, you studied at Loughborough, still in the bubble, but um, obviously it is lightning, it's not Loughborough. But how do you find that in terms of management of players when you're working with people like Tammy, but you grew up with her yeah, in that yeah. university environment? So how is that? Yeah, no, it's really cool, actually, because um, like we were saying earlier about relationships and working with people, it's, it's one of those things, yeah, Tammy and I came through the, the MCCU programme together at Loughborough and we we're in the same halls. And yeah, we've obviously, her, her career's gone like that and my playing career's gone done um, <laughs> and into coaching. But it's, yeah, I enjoy that because, you know, I found the same in the Super League when you, you're coaching or, or working with players who are at the top of their game or you know, when we had Jenny Gunn in the group, it was, you know, you're working with a seriously experienced player there who, for me, it's about going, okay, well, 
as an international player, if you drop into our environment for a competition or a period of time, it's about getting that player as comfortable to perform in that competition as possible. So like Tammy's been great. She's she's come in and said, I want to be part of Lightning. Let me know what you guys are trying to do. Let me know if there's anything that I can do when I'm around. And she's really bought into being part of Lightning. And that's that's exactly what you want from a player like that who's coming in because you know that she's then going to share her experiences and then benefit the rest of the group as well. So I've, you know, naturally it helps. We, we know each other really well. She's obviously got new areas to her game that were, were different to when, you know, we were training together and stuff. So for me, it's with, with Tammy specifically, it's just been about building, you know, or, or strengthening that relationship that we already have together and understanding where she's at from a cricket point of view. What, what does she need to get ready on a match day? You know, and, and that's, you know, I suppose one of the benefits of us being based at Loughborough is, you know, she popped in and she finishes training with England. She pops over and we're training and she catches up with the girls and, and that sort of thing. Or she's like, oh, I'm a bit, I feel like I'm a bit light on, on training this week. Can I come in and have a hit? You know, she jumped in last week and had a hit with us because we got the opportunity to do that. You know, if she was, if she was based with, with England and then playing for another team, she wouldn't have the option to just drop in and, and top her skills up and, you know, see the girls more regularly. So, you know, she joins back up with us and we've already seen a bit of her. So like, that's, that's awesome. But those, yeah, you know, that I think the, the Loughborough being back in the bubble, I mean, I, I had what five years out, although I only went to Leicester. So it's, it's not exactly, I haven't exactly spread my wings too far, but yeah, you know, it's being, even being part of lightning where we are, where we are separate from the university, you know, officially that it still brings massive benefits in terms of access to all the additional support that we get through the university, you know, just access to to all the great facilities, to other coaches, to you know different sports you can cross over. You know we had we had GB sevens in come and train with us week before last, and you know they're prepping for an Olympics, and you're going right. We're rubbing shoulders with those guys, and that was super cool because they've you know there's stuff you can you can pick up from them, and they can pick up from us, and it'd be hard to find that anywhere else. But like we were saying earlier, you know the the identity piece of of us not well being yeah becoming the east midlands and dropping the loughborough side of it is it's going to be tough because you know the best facilities in the east midlands are at loughborough university so you know why would we base ourselves anywhere else when we've got access to the national cricket center and power base and all the support services and stuff like that it's, it's an excellent place to be and then it's about building really strong relationships with with the other counties in the region so that we get them on board with what we're trying to do and and you know get out to or the other counties and use their facilities, you know, when we can and, and get, get a bit of a balance of it. So as a male coach, how, and like, what advice have you got for other men working within women's cricket when it comes to, like you said, those sensitive topics when it comes to the players actually having to have those contract discussions, because it is only five players at the moment, it's not the full squad, but also when it comes to kind of like periods and female related health within the cricket environment, because I guess, I know you're very open and you're very good with players to talk about all these different things and like having the daily monitoring, but I'm not sure if all coaches are comfortable in that way as a, as a man, which is a little bit strange because obviously they have partners and mums and sisters. and (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a massive part of it. Like for me, I'd say, you know, two things probably one one is get, get to know the players on a deeper level. Now you, you don't need to know, they're, you know, completely everything about them, but, you know, almost show show your players that you care about more than just cricket. Like that's, I think that's a really important part um, because you've got, you know, we talk about the, the age group of our squad, you know, 
Sonia's obviously our most senior player. And then I think you drop down to Abby, who's 24. And then everyone else is like 24 down to 18. And you're, going, you're dealing with young women there who are still learning a lot about life, are still learning a lot about themselves. And, and I think as a coach and as a whole staff group, you've got, to, you've got to get to a level where they believe that you care about them on another level more than just cricket. Um, and that's, you know, that's, that's a huge part of it. And, and making the environment as, as comfortable as possible. And I don't mean comfortable as in I'm going to throw you half follies every session because, you, you know, no one ever gets better just, just by doing that. But, you know, you mentioned there the stuff around periods and, and the menstrual cycle. Is, that's, a, that's a big thing that we've done this winter as staff is um, we sat down with Rachel Chesters and, and she took us through, you know, an in-depth detail of the menstrual cycle and how it affects women and, and different things that we should be aware of to help conversations or think about how we can tailor our training sessions around it. Because, because that is, you know, that is the thing you want, you want players to be able to, you know, feel comfortable putting it on their monitoring or, or feel comfortable coming into a session and going, by the way, Rob, I've, I've got really bad cramps today. I'm not sure how I'm going to get on. That's fine. I don't, you know, having that conversation is the important bit you know you don't need to know loads and loads of detail about it but that then just gives me an idea to go right cool and it's not necessarily the detail they give you but it's the fact that they're able to come forward and say you know what this is how i'm feeling and then you as a coach can support that so you can then tailor your session or you know go in with a slightly different approach if you feel you need to but yeah it's it's, it's something that for us you know it's one having the knowledge of of an area like like the menstrual cycle and then Secondly, doing stuff about it. So, you know, when we're going out to the grounds, have they got sanitary bins in all the toilets and stuff like that? You know, have we got as a as a group, have we got, a, you know, sanitary pads and tampons and, and paracetamol and stuff like that? So that if there's a player who, for whatever reason, has forgotten stuff, they've got someone who, you know, who's got a stash of things. So that's that's one thing that, you know, we say, well, we've got the knowledge now. So now we've got to, we've got to make sure we do the right stuff for the players because that was something that, that Rachel spoke to us about and actually I was you know it, it was something that I wasn't aware of previously is that you know probably because I hadn't really looked into detail about it but you know a, a female player going to a cricket ground on her period is a big deal like especially if you're going to an out ground or you're going to a you know a test match venue which normally just hosts men's cricket you know there's, like, there's certain levels of anxiety there around what what provisions are going to be in place you know and and, and that's that's something that Again, we're trying to go back to saying make the girls as comfortable as possible. When when we rock up to Trent Bridge or a Kibworth or a Derbyshire, we, we, those things have to be in place because then the players rock up, they're at ease with with that side of things and they can focus on their cricket. So it's again, it's going, well, if you've got a good relationship with that player and they're happy to open up and talk to you about certain things, then you can help support them and provide what they need. So that would that would be, that would be the biggest thing is, you know, if, if you if your players feel comfortable chatting to you or dropping you a message before they come to a session to let you know how they're feeling be it menstrual cycle be it work related stuff you know we're we're at a time now like the girls have got so many deadlines you know those at university have so many deadlines due others have got work commitments and it's it's just about understanding each player like where are you at as an individual and how can we best support that and and that's the big thing for us as coaches is making those players aware that we do care about them on that next level it's not just can we make you a good cricketer or a very good cricketer it's can we make you a really good person within our environment and we'll do everything we can to to support that 
honestly it's it's been amazing it's so nice to actually chat to you on this kind of like deeper level as well rather than just being like hey how are you whatever you know like actually getting getting to know your brain and like understanding i'm happy to chat cricket and everything for as long as we need yeah no i i love it though like i just i would love to go on to the coach athlete relationship more but there's only so much we can talk about in a limited time but i guess just to end and round up what are the hopes for lightning this summer what does a good season look like for you well, obviously we've got two competitions, so you know, winning those is is primary. I've never gone into a into a competition thinking oh, I'd happily just finish third. Like we we're setting out to win to win silverware, and that's that's the big thing for us. Obviously, there's steps along the way, like hitting finals days and um, giving ourselves the opportunity to win the silverware. But for us, it's you know, if, if we if we can get to a finals day, then we give ourselves the best chance of winning something, and that's going to be huge for us. But you know, one of the things that, that we've spoken about a lot is is going, we were very close last year and we've already spoken about it, but we were very close last year. If we can have personal best seasons from every player in our group, we should be in a good chance of, of achieving that goal that we set out to win to win competitions. And that that's part of the process that we speak about a lot is have that goal of wanting to win something. But you've got to understand we've got four and a half months of time in between that finals day where we've got to do a lot of stuff right to to give ourselves a chance of winning so um you know if 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 players can stand up and put in you know personal best performances in matches then then we've got every chance of winning something so yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't sit here and say we're not gonna we're not aiming to win stuff because we are everyone in our group is about winning like we want to win games of cricket we want to win competitions um but there's a yeah there's a long way to go before that Perfect. Well, that's a great way to end up. So thank you so much for sparing some time and chatting to us. No worries, Hannah. Massive thank you to Rob for coming on and talking all things Lightning Cricket, the Rachel Hayhoe Flint Trophy, and how the domestic season is going to shape up in 2021. And to all our listeners, if you want to keep up to date with everything we're doing, you can follow us on Twitter at WCricketChat and on Instagram at Women's Cricket Chat. And if you want to give us a like on Facebook, we are Women's Cricket Chat. And if you wanted to give our personal Twitters a follow, Hannah is at Hannity1194 and I'm at Alex Jane Pereira. This has been Women's Cricket Chat. Tune in next time. Hold up. 